Welcome to Healing After Baby Loss, the podcast I wish I had eight years ago when my beautiful daughter, Harper Grace, was born still. I have spent the last eight years devoted to healing, and these are the 15 things I wish I had a playbook for. My hope is that you take what serves you and leave what doesn't, but that in these words, as I share our story, you can find hope and healing and know that our nonprofit, stillmama.org, is here for you. I am your host, Doreen Corba, and this is our journey. Hello, welcome to episode six. I am so happy that you are still here with me on this journey. And today we are going to talk about what in the world to say when people ask you, how many children do you have? And this is a topic that I've been really wanting to um, discuss with you because this has changed for me over time. So before we dive in, if you are loving the podcast and have not yet left a review, please take just one minute and leave a five-star review and definitely make sure it's a written review. This helps other people find the podcast. Um, and this just helps this message of eradicating the silence around baby loss. So I deeply appreciate that. Okay. So this question of how many children do you have is a question that terrified me in the beginning because I felt so fragile and I didn't feel like I was in a place to answer it honestly to a stranger. Like I was still getting used to this level of pain, this depth of pain inside of like my own nervous system and my own body and my own mind. And so it felt way too exposing and way too vulnerable to share with a stranger or a friend of a friend or the lady at the nail salon, like that indeed I have two children and one of them died. Um, at the time I had two children and one of them died. So I was terrified by this. And I want to share with you the journey from the beginning to where I am now, because I want you to see that, yeah, if you're terrified by this, like that is normal. And the reason that's normal is because like, this is a super vulnerable time. And I felt so exposed. I felt like everyone knew that I had all this pain. And as a mammal, like our instinct when we're in pain is to run away and scurry and hide and nurse our pain. And then when we feel comfortable as mammals, any animal, any mammal, when they feel comfortable and they feel like they have navigated the pain and felt all the, all the pain, the mammal emerges. And when you have a big baby belly, that is, you know, nine months pregnant, two days away from being induced, everyone knows you're pregnant. And so as a mammal, like if we just take this down to an animal instinct level, I felt like everyone knew my pain and I couldn't hide in the corner and like figure out what to do with the pain, figure out how to heal. I just felt like very exposed. One of the podcasts we're going to talk about, um, is how I always say, like, I felt so lonely, but in fact, I had so many people around me. So <laughs> feeling lonely 
is not an indication of like not having supportive people in your life. So we will dive into that because I absolutely wanted to scurry away and hide. Did I know that's what I wanted or needed or was doing in the beginning? Absolutely not. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know anything about trauma. I didn't know anything about, even though I had my master's in counseling, we did not cover trauma. And now as a trauma coach, this is what I do all day, every day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense why that question, how many children do you have, reminded me how vulnerable I was. And so here's how I navigated the question. In the beginning, I... Firstly, I like avoided strangers. (laughs) So at first I like did not want to leave my house. I didn't want Mike to leave. My anxiety level was so high. I just thought if someone else dies, I wouldn't be able to handle it. So even going to the grocery store was like a very big deal. Um, I felt almost like I had a sign on my chest, like my child just died and everyone was looking at me. It was just this very out-of-body experience because I had never experienced anything like that before. So in the beginning, uh, I, you know, avoided strangers anyway, but as life went on and Michael was in school and we started to emerge back into society, people would ask me the question and I would take it on a day-by-day basis. If I was feeling good that day, I would say two. If I wasn't feeling strong that day, I would say one. And I would say that I said I had one child for a very long time before I was felt strong enough to engage in a conversation that may happen after you say, oh, I have two children. Oh, because the next question people ask is like, they see the one child that's with you and they're like, oh, how old, how old's the other one? And you're like, have to be mentally prepared to answer that question. And so I also practiced how I was going to answer with my therapist. And if you're in coaching or in therapy, um, highly recommend practicing how I was going to answer that so that I had a canned answer, even if I felt strong and then got wobbly, then I had a canned answer. So you don't have to say that you have you know, one child or three children, you know, you get to choose. And one of the things that I felt that was such a diabolical dilemma for me was that I didn't want to not honor Harper by saying I only had one child. It's like, I felt like because it just wasn't true, right? Like I had two children. And so I felt guilty when I wasn't saying I had two children. And then I felt like a liar when I was saying (laughs) I had only one child. So I just had all of these feelings and I didn't want Harper to be like looking down from heaven being like, oh, you can't even talk about me or you basically erased me. Right. At that time. And that limited thinking that I had about how heaven and earth kind of worked, I it was just very hard to wrap my head around. So for a very long time, I said I had one child because I was that mammal in the corner trying to figure out how to ease the pain, work through the pain, 
was in therapy, was doing anything I knew to do to help myself. And then as time went on, I started to practice what it would be like to say that I had two children. And I would anticipate the questions that would get asked afterwards. So um, how many children do you have? I have two children. Oh, how old are they? Now, if I was feeling shaky in that moment, I would say, oh, they're four and one or five and two. I would just say their ages, even though Harper was not here. And then if they kept asking questions, usually they don't. Usually, and it's so interesting because people are honest to God. They don't really care how many children you have. They're just trying to make small talk. And this is the thing, like people don't, they don't realize how many of us are living without children. You know, one in four women has experienced the loss of a baby. One in four. And one in 165 have experienced a stillbirth. So this is a lot of us walking around. So people are just trying to make small talk. And I also like to remind myself of that. Like these people really don't care what my answer is. So I'm just going to say one. Or... (laughs) Sometimes if I was really in a sassy mood, I would say I have two, but my baby died. Like, and no one asks a second question after that, especially depending on how you look when you say it. Some things that do tend to happen after you share, oh, I have two children and my baby died. At first I was like concerned with their reaction. Like, oh, how would they take it? Then you end up as the hurt one, like tending to their feelings. And I just, I I outgrew that stage, but in the beginning, I was very much so still in my like people pleasing and all the things that I've unwound now. But I would then like be like, oh, it's, they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, it's okay. It's okay. And then I was like, you know what? This is not okay. It's not okay with me. So I'm never, ever, ever going to say it's okay ever again. I'm going to say thank you. Um, And I am not going to tend to their feelings. And it's not that I'm not an empathetic person. It's just like, I will tend to someone else's feelings if it's something going on in their life. But if they ask me how many children I have, and I tell them the truth and they have feelings about it, that's not on me right? That's on them. And if you've ever found yourself in a conversation where you've been the one to ask someone, oh, how many children do you have? And they have the courage to say, oh, I have two children. This one here, Michael is four and I would have a six month old or, you know, my baby died six months ago or whatever. (laughs) You know, the next thing to say has to have nothing to do with you nothing. So that is the biggest thing. If you're a friend or a family member, the next thing to say is, you know, I am so sorry. And that's it. And if the mama wants to talk more about it after you say, I'm so sorry, she will. But that got in the beginning, and, and this, again, you may get caught off guard depending on where someone is in their journey. It's like, it's not always a great time to talk about it. And especially if I was out with Michael, I 
I was trying to shield him from the constant pain. Like he saw what he saw at home, but I was also trying to be a present mother and like be focused in that moment and talking about Harper dying would take me out of that. So over time, I learned to, as I healed, I learned to have some canned responses and you can have anything that feels good to you. Oh, my baby died. I don't really want to talk about it right now. Oh, um, I have only one child or I have two children. One lives in heaven. And if they ask a question like, oh my gosh, what happened? You can just say, um, you know, today's not a good day to talk about it because I'm over. Um, I want to be focused on, on my, you know, Michael or wh- whatever the name is of your child that's with you. Um, or you can just simply say, you know, today's not a great day to talk about it. You have full permission to not answer any questions. This is something we get wrong a lot as humans. Like, I think this comes from school. Like when we're asked a question, we think we have to answer. We do not. You don't actually have to answer any question someone asks you. You can simply say, it's not something I want to talk about. It's not something that I want to discuss with you today. So if there's anything that you take from today's podcast, it's giving yourself the permission to hold your cards close for as long as you need to and know that you're you're not dishonoring your baby by not saying the accurate amount of how many children you have. You are protecting yourself. And if I really think about what Harper would have wanted for me, she would want me to do anything I freaking needed to do. Anything. And so I highly recommend having some canned responses that feel good. And then as the time went on and as I started my blog, that was three years in, that was a time when I was ready to turn and help others. That was a time when I was getting more comfortable talking about it. That was a time where I had healed enough to hold a conversation around it by not feeling so exposed and so vulnerable. It's like I had to process first before I could bring it out into the world. Um, and I always knew I wanted to have a nonprofit to help other women. And I gave myself as much time as I needed. So um, know that it is you're not dishonoring by holding your cards close and protecting your heart. You have been through the unthinkable, the unimaginable. And having some canned responses is very helpful. And knowing that your baby wants you to do whatever you need to do to navigate, to navigate life without him or her. So my current response to eight years in to how many children do you have? 100% of the time. Now I say four, I see myself as a mother of four. I am a mother of four. I spend a lot of time thinking about Harper. I think about her every day. And if it's not like designated time, I don't like sit down and be like, okay, now, now I'm going to think about Harper, but I'll see signs from her or something that reminds me of her, or someone will say the name Harper or the kids will mention her. It's like, 
she's a very much so part of my life. And the way I like to think about it is like, I have three living children and they take up a lot of mind space and, you know, physical space in my life. Right. But honestly, so does Harper. (laughs) So does my grief. I am still working on my grief with my own trauma coach every week. And well, we're now at every two weeks, but I do my own stuff for my grief multiple times a week. Like I am dedicated to continuing to heal at the deepest levels. And so from that perspective, I spent a lot of time working on my grief and managing my feelings around losing Harper. And all of that is, I think, makes me have four kids, right? It's like, if we think about kids as how many, how many people you think about emotionally, you were investing energy in, it's four all the way through. And especially now that we have the nonprofit, I am totally open to people asking questions because to me, I say four, if they ask me, oh, what are the ages? I say the three ages and they say, oh, but didn't you say you had four, which they do say. And I'll say, yes, that, that baby passed away at birth. And she was our first daughter. Michael was three and a half at the time. And I give them a little bit of the story. And the reason I do that is because I know that person very well may have lost a child. And if they did, they can feel comfortable sharing with me, which usually they do. And then I offer for Still Mama to help them. And I say what we do at Still Mama. And I share you know, depending on the month or where we are in the calendar year, like what we have coming up that could support their healing journey. And then we have a discussion around healing. And it's just this beautiful friendship that's formed when you meet another mother of loss. It's like you've known each other your whole life, but you just met because you just know it's just a knowing. So the reason I now say for so you know, confidently is partly because of all the healing and partly because I want to help others. So if you are eight years out, 10 years out, 15 years out, 30 years out, and you aren't saying or aren't including your baby that died, that's okay. Maybe you don't have a nonprofit, right? Like maybe that isn't, you know, true for you. And that doesn't diminish the value of their life in your life. So I am just sharing my experience of being the founder and executive director of a nonprofit. It is an opening for an opportunity to serve. Now, if I think about myself, if I was not, well, I I actually can't imagine not having um, this nonprofit. And I'm going to talk about that you don't need to honor your baby through a nonprofit, but my my history is in business. So I spent 15 years as VP of marketing, and then I transitioned into owning my own business and I've owned my own business for eight years. And so business building is just what I do. It's my personality. It's part of who I am. So that is why I chose to start a nonprofit. I could easily just have donated money to one that exists if that wasn't a true passion of mine. All this to say, No matter what you say or how you want to answer, you, I just want you to honor where you are and know that it is okay. 
whether you answer with telling them the story and you end up crying, (laughs) that is okay. If you end up shielding yourself, that is okay. Take as long as you need. And I hope that having some canned responses, some of the things I shared here are helpful in this conversation, because this was definitely the biggest question I was afraid to answer. All right, my friends, I will see you next week. I hope you have a beautiful week. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so that others can find this resource too. And if you would like to get involved with our organization or donate to our cause, you can visit us at www.stillmama.org. That's S-T-I-L-L-M-A-M-A.org. 